0: What's your story?
1: I started as an actress. I, I started uh, um, acting with Howard Fine co- uh, Studios. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then I was informed that I have a talent for comedy, which is, I, I actually know that because I love to make people laugh since I was a little girl because uh, um, in China, they have very weird and stupid beauty standard. And if you have dark skin, you're ugly. If you have big lips like this, you're ugly, so nobody likes me. I have to make jokes to get attention. And then, uh, you know, I'm an attention-seeking whore, so I just <laughs> keep making you laugh, so they like me.
0: Nice, cool, yeah, and you also, I mean, you appeared in many movies and series. Let's talk about your acting career. Um, how was it on set, and how, how what different movies was like your favorite set to be on when you were, you know, in your acting?
1: Uh, I love acting so much. I did a short about uh, a widow uh, taking revenge for the person who murdered her husband. Mm-hmm. And that was really amazing. That I did that before I was married. I was very young and it was very uh, interesting to channel that kind of uh, sadness in me. And uh, that's why I appreciate whenever I have the chance to be on set, to, to play anybody because uh, give me a chance to live another life right. and feel feel the pain from other people therefore it gave me more compassion towards people because some day, them someday somebody's being a bitch you know right. we get angry but if you think about it they may have a very bad day you know maybe they lost their kids maybe they their husband's sick you know sometimes i feel like acting gave me more compassion towards people
0: yeah and one of your latest movies you're on was the madams so let's talk about the madams yeah. How is- I
1: play- <laughs> thank you i play a very sassy pr lady and uh, uh one of my best friend uh, uh casey owens i adore this girl she's uh, i think she's a quarter filipina and uh, like uh, and she's black one mm-hmm. of the most beautiful women, and she's very strong we had our son almost at the same time so we became a mom together and uh we you know we were single together i remember we we went to a party together we enjoy our single life and then we become moms and she's one of the very few friends uh, i have in hollywood and she actually wrote and uh, uh produced this series the madams is a is about a um, you know, when all fails, uh, sex sells. It's about uh, sex and um, drama and uh, scandal. I, I play this, this very smart PR lady. They hired a Chinese girl to play a smart girl. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. it's podcasting.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: Um, you fit that role very well. Let's talk about just like one of your favorite roles or favorite genres. Um, Tell when you.
1: I think I really started thriving when I started stand-up comedy. And I think this is uh, defining me and uh, a minority woman, especially an Asian woman with an accent. Because yeah. most Asian women with an accent, they are very quiet. And they are portrayed in the media in America as a s- sex worker and somebody who is obedient, who is, uh, I don't know, like, a, Almost like a sex toy who doesn't have an opinion, but uh, all the Asian women with an accent I know are bad bitches. You know they are bosses. They own businesses. They are very strong and they don't take any shit for uh, like they don't take shit. So I, I my comedy I want to normalize the accent, especially the Asian accent, because you have British accent. Oh, sexy. You know, like uh, even mm-hmm. Latina Latino accent like you know, like a Samoan like, uh, uh, Sophia Vergara is sexy, you know, it's glamorous, but a Chinese accent is, is like, a, people think like a, me so horny, you know, give me a happy ending. It's just not true. Therefore, my comedy, I, I have an accent. I wish I don't, but I fucking, I do. And I don't give a fuck. I have an accent and I do comedy. You know, people at the beginning, well, before I was funny, they, they think I'm stupid. But now I became <laughs> funny. People... You look at me like, hmm, that's cool. This bitch has a Chinese accent, but she talks about things that's very American. And I want to normalize the, the Asian American accent. I want people to have an accent, not be ashamed. I am proud of my culture. And also, I also defend the, the Asian men, because in America, Asian men's not sexy, which is not true. They are very sexy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talk about women in businesses and ownership, today is International Women's Day, so Salute to that. Happy International Women's Day.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you obviously, you own a business. You own the Hollywood Parlor. So let's talk about your business.
1: So I own two comedy clubs, the Hollywood Comedy and the Pasadena Comedy. Right Mm -hmm. now, I'm in my office in the Pasadena Comedy.
2: Um, That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step it up to the plate. And that's where Bluetooth comes in. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Women say there's nothing at all that's sexier than confidence. And Bluetooth can help you give the confidence where it counts. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. Chew it and do it. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code LEOBLACK at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com, promo code LEOBLACK to receive your first month free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. I just want to give a special shout out to Bluetooth for sponsoring the podcast.
1: So when I started comedy as a uh, minority uh, woman, um, it's very difficult because uh, first of all, comedy is difficult for everybody, and uh, there's not enough stage time for me. So I'm dying for stage time. I would uh, drive uh, to the Westside Comedy Theater. And mm-hmm. then I go to Lexington Bar in downtown. Then I go to uh, the Valley at Floppers. I run four or five locations just to get the stay time. And sometimes there's a lottery of You don't get on. You drive all day, you don't get on stage. It's exhausting because I know the only way for me to get better. I mean, in acting, I can suck a good dick to get a job. But <laughs> you, you go on stage, you bomb, you bomb. Nobody can save you. You know, you better get it. You better work. You have to do the open mic. So uh, I find out that uh, there's not enough stage for at home. There's not enough stage time for me to get better. Therefore, I opened my first club. I bought my first club on Melrose.
2: That's right.
1: And that's my flagship club and that's actually for me to get stay time you know so we have open mic from 12 noon to midnight we have shows on the weekends and it got really busy very fast because I decided to book all black show all women show all latino show gay show like I don't give a fuck I was like oh <laughs> you, know, you don't have like, you, you, like it's you have three gay Shows a month, like you have four black shows a month. Like, there's too much. like no, no. no it's not too much black shows. There's a white show every day, Monday to Sunday, bitch. I can have black show whatever the fuck I want. So that's why my shows are popular because I don't give a fuck. I can. I, I'm seeing all those amazing black media not getting booked. I'm gonna book a show because I pay the rent. And like woman show, it's gonna be all women, baby. I don't yeah, care
2: let's talk and about gay, it you know,
1: like gays are funny they are hilarious they sell the house yeah so I just do whatever the fuck I want because I pay the rent and then I'm like you know what let me open another one so I open one wine in Pasadena and uh, I enjoy going on stage every single day and uh, I enjoy developing amazing talents and uh, um you know Punky Johnson before she got uh, on SNL she was at my club she was my club she did amazing of course I remember they were so late, they were talking and uh, we need to like remove them from the club because we have another show. But, you know, <laughs> at the meeting, I'm like, I know, you know, they just want to catch up and talk. So I'm like, Let's, let them stay there, get them some drinks. But as an owner, I'm like, get out. But then I'm like, you know what? This is a fun place. You don't have to get out. Just hang out and chat. Thank God I did not kick out Punky Johnson. That would be shitty. <laughs> right,
0: right. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, you must got a lot on your plate. How many, like, when you own two comedy clubs, how many, like, employees you have under you? You say you're in the office.
1: I think uh, um, each location I have a manager, and uh, each location I have around 20 hosts, because every day we have... a. Uh, Three or four hosts, they take turns to host, and I pay my host. I think uh, we are the only comedy club uh, in LA paying hosts. I pay them 20% of the mic revenue. They make around uh, $10 an hour, but they have their stage time for free. And they host my shows as well. I want to make sure all my hosts get stage time at my club, so they are taken care of and they are developed.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Actually,
1: on Sunday, honey, we just did a um, fundraiser for Ukraine, war relief, uh, benefiting yeah. Operation USA. I'm a China ambassador for Operation USA. So we, uh, we had NBC News covering us. And it was amazing. I have all the Ukrainian, Russian comedians come, came to support. It was a wonderful show. That's In
0: amazing. That's, how much have you raised already?
1: Not much, like uh, around 1,000, but we are going to do another one in Hollywood, April 19th. That one, I'm going to stream live because a lot of my fans are international. They can't come to LA, but they want to support. So streaming live would be one of the solutions for us to raise more fans for uh, the Ukraine war relief.
0: Facts, facts. Yeah, and you're really good at um, like social media, streaming, all the apps and everything let's talk about your following online because you have like millions of followers on tiktok and instagram and so forth and so on so how'd you get into like social media and creating tiktok and instagram content
1: so um i remember i opened my club 2019 on uh february on my son's birthday february 7th when is his birthday 7th i hope i didn't say it wrong I don't yeah
0: know. he's uh, aquarius yeah.
1: And okay. then on March pandemic hit. So we had to close a club. I went from going on to the stage to, uh, 10 times a day to no stage time. I wrote all the jokes, you know, I'm like, what should I do? You know, I, I'm like, you know, let me just like tell it to a camera and post on TikTok. That's how I started my TikTok. And I hit half a million, I think in six months. And That's then cool. I kind of pregnant with my baby girl. I started got really sick morning sick and everything i stopped doing it for like a few months but i got back i think i hit a million um last year on august
0: wow yeah and let's talk about you know the feedback you're getting from your content now is it like can you can you like relate the same fan base you have online to the people who actually come see you at your comedy clubs
1: I think I got really lucky because all my contents on my TikTok is comedy. So my fans, they back take it to see me do comedy. Okay. So, um, but sometimes uh, I have some haters.
0: <laughs> of course. That's
1: They say always... things to me. And is, uh, it gave me more contents because they say crazy things to me. Yes. When I'm younger, I would probably die over it. But now I'm older. I laugh. I'm like,
0: oh, this is good material. Facts. Facts. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um... I play a game on my show Jenny, yeah. the second segment we have, and I'm just going to ask you some short answer questions, and then you kind of ask them to the best of your ability. Um, but, yeah, this the first question is hypothetical. It's smash, marry, kill, and you have to smash one, kill one, and marry one, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And your nominees are Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and Drake.
1: Drake, I'm going to smash. Eminem, I'm going to kill. Snoop Dogg or Mary?
0: Facts. (laughs) Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok, what's your favorite social media?
1: TikTok.
0: TikTok, right. Um, Let's talk about your following TikTok because you have, like, over a million followers, over, like, 20 million, you know, followers on there. So let's talk about it
1: um tiktok uh, i feel like tiktok gets me and instagram they are so snotty like uh, if you are not big uh, i don't know like, uh, five years ago you're both they don't give a fuck about you so i'm like of course uh, I, i'm desperate to get more um follower on instagram but i want it to be organic so i just uh, post the real and uh, my comedy on there hopefully yeah. i can grow some people some followers uh, tiktok is just the uh, they get me, and on TikTok, I'm, I'm the most confident. A lot of things that I post on TikTok, I don't dare to post on Instagram because people are fragile little bitches on Instagram. They get triggered. Everything you say is racist. So people just freak out. TikTok, uh, even though they call me racist, I don't care because I really don't care. But on Instagram, I have my friends and people. Sometimes, like, it get really personal. I post a video like Megan Markle. You know, people unfollow me. They are wow. like... You are racist. So we don't I like it. I you.
0: hear the censorship is crazy on I mean. there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>